Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Here's a New Year's resolution. Ditch the get-rich-quick schemes and learn how to invest your money so it lasts longer than your new gym membership. NerdWallet's trusted experts will shovel through today's avalanche of financial misinformation and set up future you for success in 2024. Learn about budgeting tips to melt away post-holiday debt, whether you should buy a home or wait for mortgage rates to warm up, and how you can build a cozy credit score. Ditch the financial frostbite and make smarter decisions this year. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. All right, so in this part of the chapter, we'll go ahead and write this out. See Donald Trump's face right here. Well, we can't really use him in this story, but still, he's a good example of what sort of a villain you need. And now let's see, we need a hero to rise and... Oh, hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Jay. Uh, I'm currently working on a novel of sorts. You know what I mean? With all the crazy material that's going on lately, I might as well go ahead and try to make a bestseller out of all this stuff. Considering that I write a lot of my uh, short stories and short screenplays just to keep myself in the game. But not only that, I'm gonna go ahead and start posting a lot of my short stories on Wattpad. And you know, isn't this a great time? You know, it's Monday and on, I don't have to do a show or a repeat of another show that obviously didn't do so well the first time, so I have to re-record it today. Wait, oh my God, that announcement I did. You know, outside of all that, hey, um, let's go ahead and start the show, okay? Welcome to the J-Man Show here on G360 Radio. University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Yep, it's good to be back for episode four, I'd say. And then I guess episode five will be recorded tomorrow at best or whenever this gets uploaded. So how's it going, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you've all been enjoying the holiday season so far. I know I have because I've been looking at the greatest comedy act going. And no, I'm not talking about the Grinch and I'm not talking about Charlie Brown. I'm talking about the Trump that stole freedom. That's right, folks. It's time for a Trump watch. Let's get into it. It is time to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. This is why I'm proposing a package of ethics reforms to make our government honest once again. If the term yeah right has come to you, believe me, you're not alone. I'm, I'm telling you, of all the things I eat nowadays, I didn't think I was getting bullshit for breakfast as I hit age 30 and into the rest of my adult life, but... <laughs> Oh God! Moron Central is just all over the place. Now, we already know that his mindset is about as thin as his hairline. We're going to go ahead and take a look at exactly how his swamp draining tactics are going. Because right now, it doesn't look like a swamp's being drained. It looks like it's just turned into quicksand. But in the original Star Wars, Obi-Wan said it best himself. Who's more foolish, the fool or the fools who follow him? And right now, 
things are looking very fishy. Because while we can say um, that Donald Trump is not exactly all there, some of these cabinet picks that he has made as of late are really questionable for the foundation of our country. You know what I mean? It's like pretty much it's trolling that he's in there, but now it's just complete absolute fuckery that whatever else he got going on now. You know what I mean? It seemed like the most reasonably sound person in there would probably be Paul Ryan at this point. And he's Speaker of the House, so yikes. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and take a look at some of these cabinet picks here. Um, I'm sure you all know of a significant one, which is Ben Carson being the head of HUD. Like he really has a background in in housing. I distinctly remember him saying he didn't want any cabinet seat from Trump. So what exactly is his agenda, per se? Because we all know he doesn't have a background in housing. Done some great advancements in the medical field. You don't suppose this has anything to do with the whole cleaning up the inner cities and making affordable housing possible, do you? Because you know HUD has more than enough problems and controversies with it in general. And the fact that you're taking a former neurosurgeon and putting him in charge of such a thing. This, like many things, is something to keep an eye on. I mean, as a man with his background, he would have done fine in the position of, you know, Health and Human Services Secretary. Well, let's see who's in charge of the Health Secretary anyway. A man named Tom Price. And he's held opposition to the Affordable Health Care Act. Well, that really doesn't surprise me much. I mean, who isn't against the quote-unquote Affordable Health Care Act on this side of spectrum now? And he says the law interferes with the ability of patients and doctors to make medical decisions. This is one of those depending on who you ask sort of scenarios. Now you gotta understand that the original plan for this affordable health care was beautiful the way Obama had it. But it had to go through the Senate and the House of Representatives in order for this to become a law. So the Republicans had a hand in it too. So don't get it twisted up. Because some of these people who complain about this, well they actually use it and benefit it a lot more than other people have. So things are still generally unfair. Remember what Animal House teaches you. Yeah, sure, all animals are created equal, but some are more equal than others. Apparently those that can use the system a lot better than other people can. Alright, that's somebody else that obviously is just going to say what people want to hear and do things his own way. So let's keep looking down the rest of this rogues gallery, shall we? I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to go through quite significant. However, if you do want to see all of Trump's gang here by yourself, I will have the link provided in the description box below. And then, of course, you know Elaine Chow, who is married to Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, is the Transportation Secretary, going to oversee the infrastructure to rebuild America's roads, bridges, airports, and transit systems, which are in dire need of repair before she got in anyway. All I got to say is good luck getting all those infrastructures taken care of. I hope to see less road construction in my future, but I seriously doubt it. Ah, okay, let's see who we have next. We have the Treasurer Secretary. This is a big one. This is the man in charge of the IRS and talking about the gross domestic product and, of course, everything about that money. Remember issue number one? It didn't go anywhere. This is the guy to really look at. I mean, at least the Treasurer Secretary, you know, he's got his head on straight, right? I mean, it's not like he's a top executive from Goldman Sachs or, you know, has experience in Hollywood and no experience working on a government level. Steve Munkin, and he does exactly what I just said. <laughs> uh, next, moving on, moving on, moving on. 
Our defense secretary, let's see. Uh, hmm, James N. Mathis. You know, how come these people look really, really old and decrepit? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to give my respect to him because he did serve and he's a general, but... You know what I'm saying? He would need a waiver from Congress to leave the Pentagon because he's been out of uniform for s less than seven years. Of course, he's... Moving on. Like, the reason why I'm saying moving on is because basically everybody's credential in this listing here... I'm not going to read them all off because this is not a political show, but... Everybody here, just critics of the Obama administration, that's all this is. Pointing fingers at the previous administration that's not even going to be there after January 20th. This isn't anything to help anybody. And then, oh, oh, our EPA administrator, of course. You know what I mean? The environment has a lot of problems going on with it. And they put in Scott Pruitt of the Oklahoma Attorney General, who is a close ally of the fossil fuel industry. So, considering that we should all go into another form of industry anyway... And the environment's already got a problem with global warming, which is a thing. Gonna go ahead and look into fossil fuels, huh? Oh, I forgot. He doesn't believe in global warming. So since he doesn't believe in it, it doesn't happen. You see, folks, I don't flip out on the Power Play series because that deals with video games. And as we all know, you can turn video games off anytime you want to. But this is realism. This, this is tomfuckery happening now. This is stuff that happens when you go to sleep or you go to work or you do more important things. Just like me, you know, you try to live out that American dream and then you realize that these jokers are in Washington pretty much playing football with your lives. Well, now they're pretty much going to have a giant circus go on big time now because of puppet leadership and this idiocy. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody's been making comparisons between what's going on now to the movie Idiocracy and it's damn near close. Just saying. You take a look at these Trump's all-stars, I like to call them, because these people are not exactly... If I ever had any faith in this man, which I have not, it's in the red now. I, I just, I, you know what I mean? But it's not that bad. But it is bad enough. And then let's not get into Steve Bannon, because I don't want to have, you know, to talk about racism and all that stuff on this episode. I mean, let's save that for another episode, because... That's still a problem, and believe it or not, it's never going to go away. It's something that's been there, but boy howdy, it's just in high swing because I guess people can't let it go, and never will. So that'll be about as most as I talk about, at least for this season, I guess. But so far, like, this this is the nightmare crew here, folks. And, you know, it's only because we really don't know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It's just still up in the air about this whole thing, and the man's not even president yet. And he's already got too much bullshit in the pot now. So, you know, it's just one of them things where, you know, you just got to look, wait and see and just keep an eye on it. Just remember that there are rules to limit his power at best. If you ever need a bigger example of the Peter Principle, you know, where somebody is good at their job and they get that promotion and they keep rising until they're so good that they're in a whole different apartment where they're incompetent. Take a good, long, hard look at the Trump administration. At least the Bush administration had people who knew the system. You understand what I'm saying? And then they try to say that, well, some critics of the Obama administration say, like, oh, he's inexperienced. Well, now you got some people that are woefully well-experienced here. And oh, all this dumb fuckery is just really going to come to a head someday. But, you know, it is what it is. I lived a good life. That's all I got to say. Not long, but good. Now let's take a good look over here. 
So the Secretary of State, now keep in mind, this one's really important because this is the fourth most powerful seat. You know, this is after Paul Ryan's power. And well, let's see who's in for running for that. Oh, there go old Mitt Romney. So maybe there, there's a good idea, you know. Uh, like I said before, I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat, just as long as they do the job. But let's see who... Rex Tillingson from ExxonMobil? No one in the part of this play looks good at all. Really. So, I, you know, like, I didn't like the idea of Rudy Giuliani being Secretary of State, you know, because of circumstances, and, you know, he doesn't speak other languages. But this uh, Rex Tillerson from ExxonMobil, I think he's one of the bigwigs, if not the biggest one, right, CEO? What the hell is this all about? See, this isn't making America, quote-unquote, great again. This is making America shittier. This isn't right. But you know what, though? I'm sure some of you Trump uh, voters out there are really feeling your regret. And you know what? I feel for you. But the thing about it is, part of me is like, want to laugh at you, and I am laughing on the inside. But the thing is, is this. This is who you voted for. You gave into that cult of personality, told you everything that you wanted to hear, and <laughs> here you go. Sure, hope and change had its problems, but make America great again. It really, it was really the same shit pie, just smelling ten times worse. The promises he gave, the lies he told. Hell, the promises were lies. But that's enough laughing at the pain. The point is, it's time to do something better than this. Although, metaphorically, he has fulfilled one promise. He did build a wall. He divided a lot of us. A lot of our thinking, a lot of who we are, a lot of the whole thing of us coming together and stuff. See, that's what makes America great. All of us working together as a common goal to make our lives a lot better, to have friends to go and visit and have a good life and, you know, to actually mingle and integrate with each other. That is what makes America great. Not all this other stupid crap. And only we can do it. As a people. Unity. We're so divided now, shit doesn't make sense anymore. Want to make things better? Actually go out there and meet somebody. Actually go out there and talk to people. Actually try to bring people together and not be a selfish jerk about it. Actually go ahead and try to take a look at things and see what you can improve and the things if it's something that you don't know about and you want to improve it learn about it do research you know what i mean educate yourself on the matter that you want to change if it's that important to you maybe you can change it but you have to work with people no man is an island no more dividing up you have to come together and then the thing is is don't force any of your stuff or ways of life on people tell it to them and let them make the final decision that's the way you know, it can't be forcing this and enforcing all that and every all this iron grip shit. That doesn't get the job done often. You have to unite for a cause. And, you know, and sometimes the cause might betray you. But the thing is, you know what you want. And the thing is, is to be open and work together. Now, I'm not going to throw a whole lot of idealism down your throat. Because that's just not me. I got a lot of cynicism to go with it. But the idea is this. You can improve from this instead of just, you know, sacrificing all this liberty for security sort of thing. You could be better than all of this. Hell, I know I still can be, and I know a lot of you all can still be. Just things to do. But I don't see Donald Trump forerunning any of that. And I damn sure don't see it in Donald Trump's gang. Alright? As of this moment now, or this recording I should say, Donald Trump did pick Rex Tillerson to be Secretary of State. Now, let's move on into what this show's really about. 
spend too much time on this topic. So let's get where we gotta go. Monster Fest. Now, when I last left you guys, I created a poll on Twitter at J360 Productions asking you all, are reboots and pre-sold franchises hurting the mainstream movie business? And let's see those results. 80% of you said yes, and 20% of you said no. So that proves to me that a lot of you are paying attention to this, which is good. You know what I mean? A good friend of mine over at the Crossover Podcast said that pretty much it's hurting creativity. And I can't help but say that I agree with them, whereas another group of friends of mine over at another podcast said it's simply because of the money-making scheme that it is over at the movies. You know what I mean? Like, familiarity actually brings in a lot more people other than risking a lot of money for something original, which at the same time is kind of a crock, which has us in this conundrum. It's a catch-22 at best, and it needs to be improved. But today, we're going to do an antithesis to that. We're going to look into some new reboots and stuff that are coming out. I know, it totally goes against what I was saying in the third one, yes. But here's the thing. Now, you all know about Universal, right? Universal is trying to get it together with a shared universe, believe it or not. Paramount has the Transformers. Disney has Marvel. Warner Brothers, if they can get their head out of their ass, has the DCEU. You see what I'm saying? Universal needs one. And since Marvel's not going to let them make any standalone Hulk films, you're going to have to deal with what they have. So what they do have, however, is the Universal Horror Movies. You know, they tried it with Dracula Untold, Dracula Untold Undersold, so in the end, they're starting again with The Mummy. Now, The Mummy films have been profitable. Whether you love them or hate them, I know a lot of you can't stand the Scorpion King from the Brendan Fraser films. No offense to The Rock. But the thing is, it was pretty cool for its time. You know, it had that action-adventure feel to it to bring life into a property that has some age to it. Because in the original Mummy series, it wasn't just about Imhotep. It later became about a mummy known as Karis. But this time, since we all remember the iconicness of Karloff being Imhotep and the struggle that he did, because it's basically a love story at its core. In a way, horror stories are kind of love stories that generally go a different way. Sometimes bad, and most times in failure. And I'm going to use The Bride of Frankenstein as an example for that. And I'm also going to use as another example any vampire movie you can think of. Like Vampire in Brooklyn, for instance. Yes, it's a comedy, but at its core, it was a dark love story. And of course, the king of vampires himself. I'm sure you know him as Dracula. And then The Mummy is no different. Like, for example, let's harken back to 1999 during the Stephen Summer films. Introduced us to Brendan Fraser, Rachel Wise, and the man who played as Jonathan. Please don't get on me about it. I can't think of the actor's name, but it had the creep factor and everything going on in that film. It didn't get more action adventure until The Mummy Returns and then The Tomb of the Dragon Empire. Or The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, I mean. I <laughs> got Empire on the brain. You know, in that first one, though, it captured the elements of the original movie. It mixes it with the action-adventure feel of the Karis films. Because how many times can you do the same movie with the same tone? So that has to be on the list of the few remakes that I actually like. Like the idea of what our villain's purpose was. And the fact that our main hero, you know, is flawed and relatable. That the main female has a role in all of this. And she's essential for the villain and the hero. 
Like, that is what you want. There's nobody in this movie that played a flat character, which is what makes it appealing and enjoyable. And then the creep factor. The mummy had to put himself back together before he could really cause damage through plague, scarabs, and also had to do a scavenger hunt for some organs for himself. The eyes and tongue and all those guts back in order to actually become sort of, well, he wasn't really human. He was more of a metahuman at best. And Arnold Vuzlu played Emotep very well. Like, I wouldn't say that he's near Karloff status, but he's there for my generation. And he did it all for love, you know? <laughs> he caused so much pain and trauma for all of those explorers in that movie because he was in love with... Because he was in love with the Pharaoh's... Well, I don't want to call her his wife, but... The Pharaoh's main concubine, put it that way. You know, main squeeze, main play toy, and all sorts of things. Come on, folks, don't give me any of that progressive stuff right now. You know this is how they did back in the day. It's like this. He loved her so much, he killed and committed regencide for her, and hell, she was a part of it, but it was real sad, though, in the end, that you find out that all the hell he went through and caused, she didn't love him the same. The monster has a purpose and a reason, but there has to be a reason to destroy the monster too. That's that purpose and drive I'm telling you. I'm wondering about this 2017 Mummy movie. So we'll talk about that for right now. Now there's nothing that can match that horror and suspense feel of the Mummy with Karloff in it. And then there's something that had appealed to a lot of us Gen Y people growing up during the time when they made the Mummy films in the 90s. So... One thing led to another. This time, however, with the new one that's coming, I'm sure you've all seen the trailer. It looks pretty damn good, doesn't it? Sure, there's that adventure aspect, but like I said, they're trying to appeal to so many different audiences out there. Maybe the horror element will be in there, whereas the action-adventure is the selling I hope. Because that new villainess, the new mummy, oh, she looks great. Wow, <laughs> saying a mummy looks great. Well... That's not bad, uh, considering all the time. You know what? Forget it. Forget it. All connotations aside, what I'm saying is, she looks great. Put it that way. And I'm all for seeing a female villain give uh, give a military team some hell, which is pretty much the basis of that movie. From the trailer, anyway. And you see Tom Cruise is in it. Tom Cruise is okay, but, you know, this is where I think the movie kind of flounders. I'm not saying that he's a bad actor or anything, but I want somebody different to play these main hero roles. I want somebody different instead of a face like Tom Cruise and Johnny Depp. Well, I see Johnny Depp's awesome. I always did love the man. I liked him ever since Edward Scissorhands. But he's going to be the main guy in The Invisible Man. But then again, The Invisible Man is out there causing trouble for people. But what I'm saying is it seems that we are so sold on these people and their faces that, you know, that's supposed to bring us in. That's supposed to generate interest for us to be in there. But you see by seeing Tom Cruise in there and you know full well that they're going to make another Mission Impossible. It's like the typecasting of that person will make you think that this is a Mission Impossible sequel disguised as a universal horror reboot. And that's what you don't want. Like, I'd rather it be somebody different. You know what I'm saying? But it seemed like he's going to have, like, mummy powers or something's going to happen to him, according to the trailer. And he's going to have to fight against that villainess. But, you know, this is only the teaser. And with the way the teaser looks, it did its job. I'm sold and I want to see it. But I know a lot of you out there are saying, oh, this is pretty much Mission Impossible 6. And, well, you're half right. It might just be, because it is more action-adventure, but like I said before, if they could just find, just dig deep, you know what I mean? Go to the indie level, bring some people up, get them in there to audition for that main role. Of course, we all know it's, 
it's a toss-up because a lot of these mainstream people, they want steady jobs too. So they, they're taking any job they can get because allegedly there's like an implosion going on over there. Though I really doubt it, but I wouldn't put it past them because keep doing the same old gimmick. Eventually people are going to catch on and eventually they're not going to come in. You know what I mean? It's just like when you keep doing the same old sales gimmick, same old sales gimmick. No, you got to change it a little bit. A little bit of change ain't going to kill you. But you see, the thing is, they're still grinding the same old gears over there. Sure, it's different people in charge, but it's the same old gear they're comfortable with. If anything, I think the Chinese market is doing well because they keep trying new things in film. They're having a major boom and we're just having a steady crawl going on. And I'm not bringing in the superhero movies about it. I'm just saying in terms of other genres. And while I am saying what I'm saying about reboots, I do kind of want to see a Frankenstein versus the Wolfman again. Of course, the original film was Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, but Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, you don't have to worry about that sort of thing. I'm just throwing it out there, you know, in case one of you guys need like a little, little idea to get it going. You don't necessarily have to do it in the same vein because hell, the monster's name isn't Frankenstein anyway. So you can go ahead and do it any sort of way you want to. And speaking of that, I know the new Underworld's coming soon. In case we don't have a problem with reboots, we still do have that sequelitis going on. And sequelitis and giant movies come together like this because we have the Pacific Rim sequel coming with John Boyega in it. And he's going to play the role of Idris Elba's son. And you see, the thing is, I'm excited about it because I really want to see the battles take place. I want to hear what his story is about. You never know, it could be like Creed meeting monsters. Or no, Creed with Kaiju. Yeah, let's get it right, right? I mean, that, that would be great. Jaegers and Kaijus back together again. Will it explain what's going on? Will it explain more of why the Kaijus really want to take over Earth because Earth at best isn't all that damn great? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It, it's fine. But still, we don't ruin it enough to where we just look to other planets and hope that we can get there. Even though that's probably not going to happen considering our lack of a space program. But, like I said before, why do they want to take over Earth? Will these answers be revealed in this movie? No, and who cares? You know why? Because it's giant robots against giant monsters and expendable extras in the way. Not to mention, if you ever saw in Pacific Rim and you saw that thing bust through that wall, that just needs to be told to that new administration coming in. Walls don't solve anything. I just want to know if Gypsy Danger is in this thing, or hell, you know, something a little bit better. I want to know what happened to the others in the beginning of this, how much time has passed between the two films. Because you know, as soon as that movie comes out on the home release, I'm going to be watching them back and forth for a long time. Especially uh, what with this 4K TV and the upscaling that it does on the original Pacific Rim, I can only imagine that sequel. And then 2017 also has Kong. Apes are coming back to the theaters, folks. I mean, we got War of the Planet of the Apes, and we have Kong. And you know, things were already set to go to pot in those Planet of the Apes films because <laughs> Caesar ain't taking no shit from nobody. So I can't wait to see what the hell he unleashes in his movie. But also, I gotta see Kong beat the hell out of them skull demons or them skull stegosauruses or whatever the hell you call them. I don't care. Look like rejects from Jurassic World. This is what I want to see. The ultimate smackdown. Because you know in 2020... Is going to lead to him and Godzilla meeting up. And that is a rematch of the ages. And you know, 2020. Isn't that the time when we get rid of a certain somebody? Because we couldn't stand them the first time around? <laughs> I'm sorry. For those of you that are sympathetic, you, you got to understand. I, I don't like that guy. So I'm going to say what I got to say. But the thing is, is this. We have Godzilla coming back. And I hope. You know, I hope in 2020 it's going to be worth the wait. 
Because I know that the Godzilla sequel was pushed back. It was supposed to come out a little earlier, but it's pushed back to 2019. I guess to give King Kong the exposure right now. And I'm just excited to see what he does. I've been saying that throughout the whole damn episode. But you know what? I got nothing really to go on. I got a bunch of trailers and what I see in them. I mean, it's cool to see Tom Hiddleston in there. Along with Brie Larson. And I hope she's getting ready for her Captain Marvel debut. Because the idea of her in tights is just... Shea Magnifique. And you understand that there also is John Goodman... And see William Riley. This is this is a lineup for success. And let's not forget, Nick Fury himself is in there. And I'm totally typecasting him, but hell, that design of Nick Fury was made in his respect. The king himself, Samuel Jackson. This needs to be done. Like this movie here, I think that's probably gonna be my top runner for 2017. I would say Spider-Man, but you know, honestly. I think I probably covered Marvel enough and I'm probably going to be covering Marvel a lot since the actors that are from those films are appearing in a lot of the other films so you can never really get away from them. You know what I'm saying? Not that you want to, but at the end of the day, when it's time to get excited for that season, I will get excited for it. But, oh man, just the idea that, you know, Kong's back. And this is a reboot too, in a way, but it's for a good cause. Because Kaiju and giant monster films need to come back. I think the last great original one we had was Cloverfield, and you really didn't see the monster much, but the thing was, it was an event, and it felt like you were actually there. Now, if they ever get back into making something to explain more and more about that, get on it, Abrams. I hope that it actually um, comes together, because that inspires me to go ahead and do some monster movies myself. And as of this episode, I still haven't seen Shin Godzilla yet, so I gotta get on that, so I can go ahead and see what... um the original creators of Godzilla have done. And I really do like his redesigns, even though I think his uh, hands are kind of short. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, it's their property, and you know what? They usually do a little bit better than we do with it, so let's see what happens. And then 2014's Godzilla. I just want to go and talk about that for a little bit. You know, I think Gareth Edwards is a good director. Obviously, he's getting paid more than I do, and he just directed a Star Wars film. I just had to say I wasn't a fan of his take on Godzilla. It was it was slow in places because, you know, this is pretty much a Moss movie. It's going to be slow anyway. But when you have Godzilla first show up, right, don't do an awkward cutaway. You know, we, we paid to see him. You know what I mean? I can understand that you're trying to make him look like this great defender. I'm not worried about the fact that Godzilla really wasn't used. I'm just a little annoyed about the teasing. I was just a little bit annoyed by it. You know, he got shot by the government a couple of times during that bridge scene. And you know that Godzilla wouldn't just take getting getting shot at by the military lightly. He would fight back. I was very annoyed by that. I mean, is it, what, to show us that, oh yeah, this is the technology we made for Godzilla. And while he looks kind of like the Kraken from the Titans remakes, where is the action? I came to see either the military versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus aliens or Godzilla versus other monsters on earth that's all i wanted to see and i saw like the mewtwo's and what they were doing i mean i guess because they were more of the creation than toa was they went ahead and gave them more of screen time and everything else whereas godzilla is just lurking in the background following them throughout most of the movie following them throughout most of the movie you know what i'm saying and it's like no this is not what i wanted to see i want to see 
you know, Godzilla go and rip uh, New York a new one or any of the other metropolitan areas out here. That's what I want to see because he's like the new kid in town. Kind of like everything that the Godzilla 1998 movie did. You know what I mean? If I could just, if there was a way to go ahead and take the scenery of that and put Godzilla 2014 in that scenario, despite the ending where, you know, the raptor was wrapped up in those chains and shot and killed, and no baby Godzillas. Not at all. This is the Godzilla movie. That would be a probably a better movie. But I did love the extended roar. And I did love the scene where Godzilla finally used his atomic blast. That was cool. But, you know, it just... I, I wanted more. You know what I'm saying? But maybe, maybe that was his plan the whole time. Who knows? I mean, as a director myself, some people just don't know what the hell I was thinking. I, maybe I just don't need... Maybe I should be asking the same question about him. But I do feel that Rogue One is in the right hands. So I have no disappointment in that. Especially since this is about the Death Star plans. Even though the Death Star kind of played a role in all these movies leading to this point anyway. So you're not really missing anything. But you are kind of seeing how everything comes together. Now, I'm wondering if this actually links up what's going on in the episodes catalog or if this is just their own thing i'm also thinking that but in the end you know just have to wait and see i know i didn't get my tickets early so i'm gonna have to be on the waiting list for whatever i do so i won't be able to go ahead and do a big time review when it comes out for everybody to see but there's always next time and really i'm looking more forward to episode eight because you know episode seven didn't explain anything episode seven just banked on nostalgia at best but I shouldn't go into that too much because I do have a Star Wars episode planned. And boy howdy, I don't know who's going to be angry at me the most. The ones that are fans of the movies or the super fans or the ones that read the books and then are just pissed off at everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because see, back in the day, I used to be a big time Star Wars fan. I never got to the point where I started dressing up as them. But I was close. And I used to read the books, so... It's going to be an interesting episode, and then you never know, I'll probably have some of y'all come in and call in if I ever have the call-in line set up at that point. Or add me on Skype, and we'll see where we go from there. But going back into the monster movies, I'd like to say, this whole episode was made in retrospect of the Monster Fest that I'm supposed to be doing. Like I said, I do have a floating timeline for it, and I have a lot of movies to write about, so stay tuned for that feature to come together on the webpage. Especially what with these remakes coming out. And then I'm also going to go ahead and try to throw up some short stories of mine on the webpage too. You know, so you all can enjoy them. There's, there's going to be movies that, face it, there are stories I make that can never be filmed. And then there are stories that, you know, I probably won't ever try to film on my own. So maybe I'll just give you all a taste of my work sometime. See how that goes, you know what I'm saying? After all, no man's an island, especially in the business of media. Before we leave tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I do have a question for all of you. And this will function as a poll on Twitter at J360Productions. If you had the movie rights to any intellectual property of your choice, what would it be? As a last topic, I'm going to talk about the Eagles. I'm not going to do any crowing on this one. I'm just going to say I'm happy as hell. You know what I mean? This is fine for me. I am glad that the Eagles went as far as they did. Of course, you know, the second... Well, not really the second, but part of the season was going pretty well for us. I'm not going to say, like, we were going to be storming out of the gate, but I'm surprised we did as much as we did. We improved over last year. Now, 2014, you know, you could see there was a dip coming in. Not as bad as the Sixers, mind you, and I am a Sixers fan, and I can admit this. But as a Philadelphia fan, lifelong and forever bleeding green, 
This was successful. We didn't get to beat the Redskins like anything. But the thing is, the pieces are there. Now, of course, a lot of significant people on our side did get hurt and suspended. And for God knows what, issues just came out of the wazoo. But not as significant as it was last time. So I'm happy with the progress of my team so far. I'm going to stand by them no matter what and respect them. Now, a lot of those new Eagles fans out there, oh, they butthurt beyond belief. And they talk about they're going to switch out to somebody else. That's fine with me. Get the hell off my team then. I am totally happy about this. That means that I can buy all that expensive crap for at least half or so less than the price. You got to understand that. When we start winning and everything else, things get really expensive because the market value's up. But when the market value goes down, you know what I mean? I can stock up on all the stuff I want. I don't care. Shoot, I, I love my team. And I know they're winners on the inside. Carson Wentz, incredible. Now, Jordan Matthews, you gotten a little bit better. Keep working on yourself, bro. Nelson Aguilar, eh, to a point. But much respect goes to Doug Peterson and the rest of the coaching staff. You guys are pretty good because we really didn't have one last time around, so... You know, in the end, I'm thankful. So, as we close out best part of the season and everything else, if we do play Dallas again, and we will in January, I know it doesn't mean anything. I just want to beat them. I just want to beat the hell out of them. So they can feel it in the morning. Of course, they got the playoff seat locked in. I don't care at this point. But to beat Dallas, that's fine with me. Plus, I still got the Flyers and I still got the Phillies, so I'm okay. <laughs> By the way, as a reminder, I'm going to let the question of this episode run for a full week it won't be addressed on episode five but i will address it on episode six because i'm recording episode six next week and i want a full week for all of you to get the time to answer it now that question is if you had the movie rights for any intellectual property of your choice what would it be and you can explain why in the comments below or reply to me anytime you want i'll be broadcasting episode five live tomorrow on mixler.com j360 productions at seven o'clock p.m now, what is episode five, you're wondering? Well, it'll be about animation. I hope to see you all then. Take it easy. Have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you later.